0: What's up, everybody? You're listening to NBA Therapy, episode 22. We're recording this on a Sunday. It is 12 o'clock noon, April 24th. First game starts today in an hour. I believe the first game is Bucks-Bulls. That's going to be great, but first, we're going to get into all the West matchups, all the West first round matchups, our last podcast. We talked about all the East matchups thus far and how we think those series will play out. My name is Nate Dazor. With my co-host, Vinny Raju and let's just step right into it it's playoffs the west has been at least i think more interesting than the east there's been a few wins from teams that were down to series in the east like the hawks and raptors finally won one but i don't know The west, these west matchups have been better to me in my opinion
1: yeah i think the west has two potential game seven series in dallas utah memphis minnesota oh yeah um so yeah, she has been super interesting. Uh, I think I have a lot to talk about when it comes to Trudy Gobert, but we'll get into it. But really quickly, before we get to the West, how did you feel about last night's game three Celtics Nets?
0: Oh, I knew we'd have to talk about this. So I guess just like, I mean, here's the thing. I feel like I don't even I don't even know the words to describe it. Sorry, I think that. The first two games were definitely winnable, like I said in the like I said in the last podcast, and it was those winnings. Those losses were so crushing because they actually were winnable. Last night's game went how I thought this would go, where the Celtics would just outplay us. They would it just like they would make us make constant mistakes. We fouled a lot because we're undisciplined on defense. We're not great defense. I the fouling, what was the fouling discrepancy last night? But I feel like the Celtics were fouling a lot less than the Nets. Well, not yeah, no carry yeah, five. It- yeah, Resigned I think the five fouls.
1: the entire first half the Nets only had two free throws compared to like exactly, yeah, from game two
0: and game one. by the way, games. some of the, some of those calls were nonsense. Like some of the call, some of the fouls Kyrie picked up was just not fouls. When he had that block on Tice, that was clean as a whistle. Um, when there was that pass to Tatum and then he was fighting for the loose ball and it kind of got away from them. They called a foul on him. I I didn't agree with that one. He had a few slaps on the wrist where it was just like, dude, like you have four fouls. Why are you doing that? But um yeah, the Celtics are just outplaying us. Durant and Kyrie are really, really struggling. If you look at their shooting splits across the board, they're both that they both have like the exact same numbers for the series. It's kinda of funny. They both have like twenty two, five and five, and it's like uh th- those players I just I, I penciled them in for like thirty plus almost half of these games. Like if you're getting twenty if you're getting not even fifty combined from those two, those offensive machines, then I don't know how you compete with a team like Boston who has a chance to make a finals run. Rob Williams that. was back. Rob Williams back before Ben Simmons. That's crazy, and that's he did crazy. Really good in the minutes he played. I mean, what'd yeah. you see? Yeah. What'd you see? Yeah. This was the best Celtics win, like by marginal points.
1: Yeah, uh, I don't even think marginal points. And just in terms of performance, we were up by eleven with like three minutes to go, and like the typical like Patty Mills got a couple of open threes when we weren't really playing defense. Yeah. So I think it was more than the box score suggested, but. I felt really good about bob williams he's still obviously he's getting back into shape but
0: it was the um, perfect was game it
1: was like yeah the it was the perfect use, game man. he had a couple of easy blocks to get him going yeah, he had a nice lob from tatum yeah um so I, I feel really good about that and now i'm less worried about ben simmons coming back because obviously bob williams can counter whatever ben's ben can do that's nah, over
0: over it's over 0 it's, yeah. it's over like i said the Nets might pull this game out at home. Maybe Ben Simmons... Is I, I, think, I think
1: Nets win game four. Just off the, the momentum of five. Ben coming back. And then Celtics win yeah, back home. Like
0: I said, win in
1: five. Um, well, But I think something that's like really interesting. Obviously, KD's having a hard time. But he's been so passive. He didn't shoot the last 11 minutes of the game. He did not take a field goal attempt in the last 11 minutes of the fourth quarter. And that it just doesn't make sense to me. Like I know he's having a tough time making shots. But if the Nets win it's because KD goes off. And if he doesn't take shots, he they have no chance.
0: Yeah, I mean, KD is one of those players where, when you look at the top players in the league, and this has been brought up to me before, and I used to try not to believe it, but I mean, it is true. If KD isn't hitting shots, he just can't impact the game in as many ways like a Steph or a LeBron or... Or I even know, a Jason Or even a the Jason Taylor. J- like, I, if you looked at... I don't... At J- I don't, if you- I don't.
1: If you look at... Dude, come on. If you look at Tatum in this series, games one, two, three, he's had more of an impact defensively than KD has offensively.
0: Like, But that's people, because he has that are, wall behind him. But, like, no, people, Tatum is playing great defense. He he has been the primary for, defender for Durant. But when you have three guys behind you who are told to push up, the second KD goes by you, your job is a lot easier. Like, he's not on an island or like that, just locking up. That's not what this is.
1: I agree that it's not like the one-on-one defense that, like, a Kawhi can do. But I just think in this series, Tatum is getting closer to the level of a KD than he was previously. I think Tatum Tatum is now in that conversation of all that. I think he's in the conversation. I don't think he's there yet, but I think he's a potential top-five player.
0: It's tough tough for top five. Because the top five, I feel like, changes every year. Like, it's very fluid.
1: I think, I think there are conversations to be had whether Tatum is better than Durant after the series. Because he's younger. He, he's younger, and he had more than KD and Kyrie combined last night.
0: Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, so I'm reading this stat. This is from Twitter. I don't know if this is true. Um, one of my friends just said this to me. So this is Jason Tatum versus Kevin Durant defense. Game 1, 38 possessions. KD, 4 points. Game two, in 44 possessions with Tatum covering Durant, Durant, again, four points. That's four points in 82 possessions, the first two games. And then last night, 37 possessions where Tatum got Durant assignment, only two points. Total yeah, 110 just... possessions, and Durant got, tw- got 10 points.
1: Yeah, he's been locking him up, I think. That's crazy. And again, a
0: lot of that, uh, that stat does not take into account that everybody's eyes are on Durant, the technique catches, the elbow, wing, half-court, I don't care where he is. But yeah, no. I mean, and they're sending Grant
1: Williams or all have Al Horford to blitz, so.
0: Yeah, exactly. And Tatum, Tatum has done a great job on Durant. I'm not saying he hasn't. It's just like, to say that, like, what I'm saying is like, Durant doesn't impact the game at like the Jokic level, LeBron level, or Steph level, or Giannis level, or... Kawhi level if he's not hitting shots if tatum's not hitting shots he's not at that level he just isn't but that's but that's not like a a diss on tatum like he is very well on his way but is one of those guys but if he's not hitting he just can't impact the game like a steph who's just moving around in crate spacing A lebron who is just the ultra ultra floor general orchestrator of any offense or a Jokic, same thing just i mean his passing is unbelievable and then a Giannis or Kawhi, who just go to a new level on defense.
1: And I also think people aren't talking about this, but Tatum's passing has improved so much, even from what he was last year. Like he's hitting the open corner three balls so much more often. And I think that adds another dynamic because you can't just blitz Tatum and expect him to like, hog up a bad two. Like he's going to pass out of it and get you a good shot.
0: He took, I mean, you you probably know better than anyone in that first year, and especially that second year. Even in some of the third, even maybe some of that third or fourth year. Because Tatum's in his fifth year right now, right? Yeah, he's, so he's his Tame's fifth year, fifth yeah. year. He's yeah. um the Donovan Mitchell class, Ben Simmons class? Is that his class? He's Ben Simmons draft. No, 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 Marco he was in the,
1: he, was, he was Markel Falls, Lonzo, and then Tatum,
0: yeah. Yeah. So, the thing with Tatum that's so impressive is that, I mean, before he would take a lot of like of those fadeaway twos where it's like, what are you doing? Like, go to the rim, go to the rim, go to the rim. And he'd be lower in free throws. And it was really weird because you feel like he had all the tools to get to the rim whenever he wanted. And now he's really put it together. And he can pass. He's become, like, like I mean, that stat just shows one of, the, one of the better two-way players in the league, I'd say. Definitely. It's not inarguable. And the Celtics, I mean, Tatum's not even their best defender. And we're talking about him as, like, one of the best better two-way players in the league. And what the, the Celtics are doing is just incredible, and I applaud them. They're a better team than Nets. If it wasn't for Bruce Brown just getting those steals and running out in transition or hitting corner threes, we probably would have lost that game by twenty. Points, how
1: maybe how 30. good has Bruce Brown been? He's I been saw, pretty damn good. I saw
0: something hilarious. I didn't send it to you. I think this was from Game Two or Game One. Probably Game Two because he was going off. Bruce Brown Googles in Massachusetts were up 2,150%. Did you see that stat on the broadcast? The yeah, game
1: yeah, I did. I did. I That's did. hilarious. That's so Everyone's probably it's like, who so is funny. this guy? Who is this guy? Yeah, he's been, he's been... The only reason Nets have been able to stay in games. He's been really, really good.
0: And really quick on Bruce Brown. Last year, there was a lot of debate about Bruce Brown because... I thought in that Bucks series, he was actually amazing, but he had that one possession in game three where he kind of went for the game winner, and he missed that. He missed a float off the backboard, and he was supposed to give the ball to Kyrie. The play kind of got blown up, but he probably could have be, been able to get it to Kyrie, and so he went to the hole and missed, and the Bucks ended up winning that game, which swung the series. If we win game three, we'd probably win the series, go up 3-0. And I still thought he played really well, so I felt like the criticism was a little unfair. I remember he played like 50 minutes in... remember he played like 50 minutes in game seven. Like he was, he was a very, he was reliable. And I really liked having him. And then the season started, he was barely playing. And I was like, what's going on here? Why are we not playing this guy? And then what'd he do? He was upset with his role. And he said he was upset. Like he didn't understand like what his role was and how he was able to just like what his role on the team was because he went from kind of being a starter in game seven and playing a lot to barely playing at the start of the season. And then as season went on, his minutes went up and up and up. After the last like 20 games, he pretty much started every game, and I love what he's able to do. He just put his head down and kept working, and now he's in. I mean, now he's like our best player. So, I I've I really have liked what I've seen from him. If there's any silver lining to this net series, to this net Celtic series, he's really playing himself into a contract. He's only here for he's only on a year contract. Uh, 44. I mean, not 44. Sorry, like four million. So. He's definitely played his way into a contract. He'll be an interesting free agent. He'll be an interesting free agent. I hope we can. I hope we can get him, but he's unrestricted. Bruce, come back. We need you.
1: Yeah, I think I think you guys have to keep him. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with Bruce Brown's minute now that. Ben is back because I think Steve Nash wants to play Blake more often because he wants to get that size. And Blake was pretty good. I think he had 10 minutes of game time. As he had Literally a the point.
0: second he went to the score table, I was like, Blake, Blake, Blake's at the score table. Like, oh my gosh, I got yeah. so hyped because he was so good last playoffs. He was so yeah. good. After after Kevin, who was just unbelievable, and Kyrie got hurt, Harden barely even played, uh, excluding Kyrie and Harden because they were hurt. After KD, who was obviously our best player in the series last year against the Bucks. I say the next two people were Blake and Bruce Brown, probably Blake, then Bruce Brown, then Jeff Green would be somewhere in there. But Jeff Green got hurt too, and then after that I dropped off. Joe Harris was horrible and unreliable. Claxton wasn't really giving us much, but yeah, the series is—it's now over. We're down—we're down three zero. No teams ever come back, and this next team has showed me nothing all year. They're be the team that breaks the zero and one hundred forty three record of teams that are down no about the series. there's no
1: chance. There, there's no chance. It's over. It's over. I think right, maybe the next if they have two great games, six games, but it's over.
0: It's over. Yeah, maybe we'll see. But uh, yes. Yeah, some. I mean, some some serious questions are being raised about Kevin Durant, Kyrie. I don't want to be that guy, but if you look at the if you look at their careers without KD, without Steph, and Kyrie without LeBron, it's a whole lot of disappointments.
1: I think I, I think I read this about KD on Twitter really quickly last uh, just to finish this conversation. KD has never won in his career except when he couldn't lose.
0: Oof, tough beat for Kevin.
1: Yeah, but that's basically true. Like he had a couple of big choking moments at OKC, and then obviously he would, even if he played terrible on the Warriors, he had to one. So and then now in the next last year, and then this year, just bunch of disappointments.
0: Yeah, I mean. That Warriors team, though, like, they, they did face some adversity. I mean, in 2017, I know they barely lost, but that Cleveland team they went up against, I've always said was better than the 2016, 2016 team. And a lot of those games were close. It's just the Warriors were... Sh- I mean, I think it's the greatest basketball team of all time, and they were just unstoppable, and Kevin put put a, a big role in that. And then 2018, I mean, they went down 3-2 to Houston. Durant had, like, 45 in Game 7 and rolled them back. So, not by himself, but obviously it helped. But I'm just saying, like, it wasn't, like... I feel like it was kind of overblown that the Warriors were just penciled in to win because they actually still had to play those games, but they went up to a level that they didn't. And also going into the twenty seventeen finals, I remember like the nationally it was like split. Like, a lot of people thought Cleveland would win because they were still defending champs, and yeah, and then know,
1: they had that crazy Christmas game that the Cavs won.
0: That's exact, exactly when Kyrie hit another game winner. I think that was yeah, Thompson this time.
1: That was that's one terrific. of the best regular season games I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, what a game. But yeah, I mean,
1: let's move on to the West.
0: Poor Nets, man. Poor Nets. Like I said, lining up for your Celtics right now. Let's go to the West, Uh, though. I mean,
1: yeah, I said it last time. I think we have a parade coming.
0: Oh, we'll see. TBD on that. Okay, what series you want to talk about first in the West? Because there's a, (laughs) honestly, every single one has been good. Like there's been something you could take in that's been entertaining from every single series. I think.
1: I think we just started at the top of the bracket because now this year is suddenly super interesting. Like Phoenix, New Orleans, it's like suddenly like very very interesting.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that. So I think what's so interesting about the Suns right now, and my Suns pick is looking really bad. I I, I said like I said I said I felt bad about it, but you know I stuck with it. Still sticking with it. Um, Dembuka Booker's obviously out hamstring injury. He's out. I believe there's no specific timetable, but he's out. I think for- this him, he
1: will be reevaluated in one to two weeks.
0: Yeah. So. Let's just say, it's it's hard to pencil in when he comes back, but here's the thing, and I am, like, debating, what, what's interesting about this is that Devin Booker, I think, could, and he is the Suns' best player, he had 30 before that hamstring injury, he was going he was going crazy before that hamstring injury, they ended up losing that game, which was crazy, the fact that the Suns have lost the game to them was crazy, and that game three was also really close, and it took another Chris Paul heat check in the fourth quarter to win that, and Something the Suns have that's so vital for their success is that they have two of the best fourth-quarter players, clutch players, in the league this year. Like, cross-sporting the, the stats and their shooting and their shooting splits. Chris Paul and Devin Booker are two of the best, like, crunch time players in the league. And the fact that you have two of them is so vital. Because in game one, Chris Paul, what did he do? That amazing heat check. And game three, again, he just was how – many, how many points did he have in that fourth quarter? Like, 20 points. He was going insane. And then at one point, he had, like, 15 of their 18 or whatever it was. He orchestrated the offense perfectly. 28 assists and no turnovers in a few of those games. Like, if you, like, combine two of the games. It's been crazy what Chris Paul's going to do. And the fact that you have two of those guys in your team is so vital. And I still think this team can make the Western Conference Finals, even without Booker. And then they, they're they going to need him back for that bloodbath they're going to have. It's looking like Golden State, the where they're playing against the Nuggets. We'll get to that. But... What's so interesting is that I still think the Suns can make it to the Western Conference Finals without Devin Booker, but I'm not penciling them in anymore. Like, they're not in pen anymore. They're in, like, pencil. You know what I'm saying? It's not a guarantee anymore. And this Utah Mavs series has been all over the place. Still can't really wrap my head around it, how that's going. It's really back and forth. But, man, it's it's going to be really interesting. And even this Pelicans series is still going. What is you – have you been surprised about this Pelicans series? I I really underestimated the Pelicans, I guess.
1: Yeah, I I didn't expect them to even. I guess the fact that the games have been close, even with Devin Booker, is like so surprising. I think the most surprising is I think the step that Brandon Ingram has taken. I think he's now at that stage mm-hmm. where he can kind of just take over games and will his teams to wins. Like in game in game two, that performance was just unbelievable. Like thirty seven points, fifteen rebounds. I thought he was just unbelievable. Um, I think the experience of CJ McCollum has been huge for them. Yep. Um, like he's added not only an element to the offense, but I think in the locker room because they're about, they were a very young team before this. Um, I thought he's just the right mix of like being able to contribute on the floor, but also giving that veteran experience. And I think this team is going to be scary when if Zion can come by Kelty, this team is scary.
0: That's the thing that's interesting about it, and I was talking about this yesterday. Um, with some friends is that the The weird thing is, is that, and the weird thing, the weird thing about the Zion thing is that, like, I mean, I mean, you've seen the videos. Have you seen those videos of him dunking? He's doing like three sixty windmills or whatever he's doing. Yeah, but, but I, but I think how can how are you not healthy if you can do
1: that? But if you if you watch those videos, as soon as he does that, he's like seems very like huffy puffy. Like he seems like that took a lot of energy out of him. It doesn't seem as easy as it used to feel
0: for a high school Zion. Okay, that's fine, but. I mean, the fact that he can even get up to that is crazy. And I've heard some rumors. I don't know really what to believe, but I heard one thing that was really interesting to me was that there's, and I'm pretty sure you probably heard this too, there's disagreement between the team and Zion or Zion's people, Zion's circle, whatever. Apparently his dad is like kind of overbearing, is pretty involved, maybe more than the team would like. Um, And there's disagreement that, Zion is healthy to play. I believe the Pelicans think he's ready to play. I don't think Zion and his people think he is. He's done. He's not coming. Zion is not coming back at all this series at all this season. I kind of feel like when they shut him down or whatever, they were just like, no matter what, you're just shut down. I I don't think he's trying to return. You see what I'm saying? Like Ben Simmons. For all the whatever, at least it seems like he's trying to return, and hopefully we'll have him in Game Four. It still seems like the plan. The Zion thing is like, like, I don't think he even wants to come back.
1: Like obviously, we don't have access to the specific medical, medical conditions in the day to day. Yeah, but I think if Zion wanted to, he could have. He could have been back in like Jan or Feb.
0: Really, I just
1: think, I think he's not in a shape to be playing basketball. Like he just looks so out of shape. I think, like I don't. I don't even think the foot's injured anymore. Obviously, I don't think it is because of the dunk switching on Instagram. But like, he just started shape. Okay, and and imagine imagine if he did come back, got a few games on his belt, and he's and he's here for the series and the Suns don't have book. That's a different series. Like, oh my gosh, I,
0: that'd been so much fun. That would have been that that's a whole different series. If Zion's playing, and he's healthy, which haven't seen him in so long. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm I sure think Pelicans fans Brad, are
0: losing their mind about that thing.
1: Yeah, but I'm happy. Um, obviously, like, it just, again, sucks for Chris Paul that one of his best players got injured again in a playoff series. But it's I think he's been though. doing, like, he's been doing a great job. Like, he's been carrying that team. And I think as long as he's playing at the level he is, I think they're good for the first round.
0: Yeah, so far, only three games in. Chris Paul was 25 points, 13 assists for the series, shooting 54 from the field, 39 from three, 93 from three-throw, basically 54 from oh, guard. That's that's, that's that's insane. That's insane. I mean Booker and Booker was getting Booker was pretty much doing what he was doing all the regular season before he got hurt, so uh it's really interesting. I really I guess discounted how good the Pelicans would be. I thought this series would be a sweep, I thought it'd be over, and all the games have been close. It's really fun to watch. The Zion dynamic changes everything. My question to you about Zion Does he ever play another game for the Pelicans? What's your I think feeling?
1: he will. I, I, I think, think he, he does. Will. I think Yeah, I think now, especially after the series, he sees that the Pelicans actually have a solid core. Um and I think that gives him an incentive. Because if not, where does he go? Like who can where does he have a better core? But also while being the clear best player in the team. Like I think the Pelicans for Zion is still one of the better situations in the league. Like, I think he's lucky he didn't get to go to New York because New York's always been a shit show. But I just think he's locked out in that there's a good front office. Uh, they've been trying to make moves to win. And they got, obviously, CJ McCollum. I think if they can keep him, I think they're in a solid position, especially with Zion back. Like, that that makes him very, very strong. I, think, I don't think they're immediately contenders, but I think they're like a five seed, six seed.
0: Yeah, and like I said, them competing is crazy. I just want to ask you this. What did you think of that Jackson Hayes ejection? That was I really know. weird.
1: Yeah, I, I, I don't know how I felt about that.
0: The the weirdest thing about it was that okay, so if anyone didn't see the Jackson Hayes ejection, and that was in Game Three, he got ejected around time of the second quarter, and they had momentum. It was either tied or they're up of they're up like five points or less or down five points or less. Really close game, super close. They're at home, got a lot of, They have a lot of momentum because the game was really close, and him and Crowder were saying some stuff to each other. And the rebound goes, and Jackson Hayes has this weird look on his face and basically kind of shoves Crowder to the ground. It looks like he just kind of shoved him on the rebound. Crowder gets up and is like, what the heck, dude? Like, runs over almost to, like, kind of squirt up to him. And then Mikael Bridges runs and holds him back. The Suns coach comes out and holds him back. And they ended up, they ended up giving Jackson Hayes, I came here, it was called a double flagrant, and that means he's ejected or whatever it was. Cause And the ref had to explain why, so they said that he had like malicious intent and that he wasn't going for the ball and that he put his shoulder down. It was really weird. And then Jackson Hayes was gone and he was kind of I mean, it was a it was a big thing. The guy was out there and to take him out of the series was big. I mean, Aiden was Aiden's been eating all series. He he gets whatever dunks he wants, especially when Chris Paul gets in the lane. That's like the shortest two points. I think that it was right. I think that it was the right ejection, but it's just so crazy. Like if this was the eighties or nineties, that'd be like a normal foul. Like the, a, 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 yeah. guy, a guy got shoved. He he shoved him. That's what happened. He went down, kind of lowered his shoulder and shoved him to the ground, and you got ejected. I mean
1: I think I think that's the hard part about all this like intent calls, right? Like obviously we don't know what the player is thinking and we kind of it, just talking It to was take pretty it. clear. Like, like
0: he had a look in his eyes. It was really weird.
1: Yeah, as soon as it happens, oh, know, he's
0: gone. But... Yeah, and I think I think it was I think it was the right call. It's just so crazy how different the league is now, and we have our I mean we have our gripes with the officiating, but I think they got that one right.
1: Yeah, so I, we- I think I think I think they got it right. Um, I think I think it's going to be an interesting series. I think the Suns still close it out in six.
0: Yeah, all um, these games have been winnable for the Pelicans, and they have yeah. Game Four at home. They have to even this up. They can't go down three one back to Phoenix. That crowd is going to be on their feet. But do you think maybe it's a better thing if Phoenix extends the series just to get to delay the Booker time? I mean, who knows if they advance, who they're going to get in the second round? We'll get to that Mavs Jazz series eventually. But
1: I don't think that changes anything because I think uh, I don't think Jazz is going seven. I think that's going seven, so I don't. I don't. That probably think helps them. That probably helps yeah. them. Yep probably helps the Suns, so they finish early get cp's rest because the historical thing is the later you go into a playoff phase, if cp is tired and he's been playing big minutes he's more likely to get injured and obviously you don't want that to happen so i think the less the suns play the more likely that they can keep winning yeah. deeper deeper into the playoffs
0: chris paul has been to the conference finals i believe twice once with the rockets in yeah, once team. with the Rockets,
1: 2018, and then with the Suns
0: last year. And both playoffs, both both times throughout the duration of the playoffs, he had to miss games and was injured. In 2020, no, I mean, in 2021, last year, it was a shoulder injury. And then in the Rockets series, it was, what was it, like his knee or his lower leg, but he got injured in Game 5 of the series. CP3, CP3
1: six. has missed time in every playoff series ex- since 2014. So 2015, obviously Spurs, he missed the first two games of the Rockets where they ch- choked. Um, 2016, he was hurt. 2017 with the Rockets, he got hurt. 2018 with the Rockets, again, he got hurt. I think OKC 2020 during the bubble, he wasn't hurt. I think he played the entire season. Yeah,
0: he wasn't. He wasn't. He was a good. Yeah, but,
1: but, but they lost in the first round, so he didn't have to play yeah. that long. So so they, the Suns don't want to play CP that much. Mm-hmm. They want to win the series early, fast, get done with it, give their guys some rest, and then just see who they face.
0: And like you said, Brian Ingram, CJ McCollum. I thought they were really. I thought they were. They played kind of questionable in Game One, and it was the fact that it was still close was a big sign to me that they didn't play that great in Game One. I thought, and they still were able to win it. And they've really come alive in these later games, and they've been a big reason why the team's always in these games. And I mean, they have a good team. Valanciunas, Larry Nance, Jackson Hayes, not the worst big man in the world. Herbert Jones, great defender. It's been interesting. He's been really good this series. I've enjoyed it. Go for the Pelicans. I didn't think they put up this fight. I thought for sure the Clippers would be in this spot. And I, when, the, when I found the Pelicans made it, they won like 36 games all season, whatever their record was. I was like, wow, this team really makes a playoff. They don't deserve it. But I, I the CJ McCollum thing has really invigorated things. And I discounted the fact that if you look, if you look at their team, pre the McCollum trade, and after they're a different team. They are better. They they have been a different team. When the season started, they were just abysmal. And I don't give them I don't give them enough credit for turning around.
1: I do you want to move on to the Jazz Utah? I mean, Jazz Maverick series.
0: Yeah, we could put, we talk about the Jazz Mavericks series. And it's funny. I said this after the first game or game two. I, I said this after game one. I was like, I said to myself, I was like, this is gonna be my favorite series to watch, just because it's very defensive. I feel like a lot of these, a lot of the games have been very low scoring, like a hundred, a hundred and three, hundred and ninety nine type scores. The game that game yesterday was just out of control. I I don't even I don't even know what to think of that series. Um, and also that series has a lot of role, a lot of role players, like a lot of my guys in that series that I just, I've enjoyed watch, watching. I don't know. I have this weird attachment to Royce O'Neill. I've always liked how he plays. Dorian Finney-Smith. Love that guy. Daniel House doesn't really play much, but I've always loved House. Loved him on the Rockets. Just, I feel like this series is, I feel like this series is made for me. Plus the Luka thing where he had, it's like, will he come back from the injury? And then he was back in game four and they actually lost that game. That drama over it. I think, for me personally, this has been the most fun I've had watching a series. And like I said, it's low scoring. I love series that are defensive battles. And I didn't know if I was getting this in this series. The biggest thing that stood out to me is just how the Mavericks supporting cast, i.e. Jalen Brunson and company, have performed without Luka. I mean, I it's, cr- it's crazy how good they've been. I, and you're asking guys like Brunson and Dinwiddie, notably to do things they're probably not qualified to do, to be one in, to be to basically run an offense in a playoff game. And I mean they've been doing a job. Brunson for the series is thirty five and five on forty eight from the field, forty one from three. What thirty points a game, really? That's crazy. Yeah, he's been
1: he's been unbelievable.
0: Yeah. And then
1: I think I think I think Luca coming back actually could've hurt them like just a one game because obviously Jalen Brunson obviously has to play more off the ball and stuff, but I think game five the Mavs will have a better game plan,
0: and I also thought I know the defense was still ramped up in Game Four, but I actually thought Luca coming back hurt their defense because I thought their defense was yeah. so good in the first three games.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and especially and the Jazz have a great offense, but I mean, look at these scores: 99, 93, three, one hundred four, one ten. I mean, Game Three is probably the exception. Game Three is a lot of control, and then last night one hundred ninety nine. These are, these are. I mean, personally, I kind of I like when playoff games are like this a little more when. It's a very tight battle, and every bucket feels like it matters more than it does. When teams go on these stretches, where they get shut down for four minutes, and there's just there's so much there's so much to unpack in this series. I think that I think that, like I said, the Mavericks' supporting cast has been most shocking to me. Brunson's been playing out of his mind. Dinwiddie, although he's not shooting the ball well, I still feel like he's make. I feel I still feel like he's not doing a terrible job, and that he's still giving them production. Maxi Kleber, every time that guy shoots a three, I feel like it's going in. Oh my gosh! And that's Dallas has been shooting the lights out this series. Like all these games that they've won or that they've been able to, or that they've barely lost. The games they've they've lost, they've I mean, they've been come, they've been inches from winning it. It's they hit, they just go on these stretches where they just rain threes down. Reggie Bullock, same thing. Finney Smith loved how he's played. I just, I love guys like Finney Smith who don't need the ball. They can shoot. They don't do anything that they're not good at. They're very smart about how they play, and they're gonna—they're only gonna play their game. You're not gonna get the—you're not gonna put them in an uncomfortable position. And it helps when you guys have like Luke, when you guys have like, when your team has guys like Luca or Jalen Brunson that can handle the rock and run the offense. Bertans shooting threes well. Uh, Dwight Powell gives him good win- good minutes. Hasn't played a ton this series, but I've—I've I've liked when he's out there. It's the matchup isn't matchup isn't great, and we'll get to Gobert, but this series is. It's still anyone's series. My Jazz pick is... I thought the Jazz were better, and they've really let me down in some of these games. What have you seen?
1: Yeah, I mean, like you, I had the Jazz. Uh, I, I picked the Jazz to win the series, too. We
0: both had Jazz and, and six, correct?
1: my God, are they a disappointing team. Like, I know they have, like, a super solid core with Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and then they added Mike Conley, yada, yada, yada. But it just... In the playoffs... It's like almost a given. They come to the playoffs, have a pretty good regular season, come to the playoffs, and then you just fall apart. And for me, it falls apart when you play Rudy Gobert in big minutes in, in the playoffs. And I know he had the game-winning dunk from the alley-oop down with Mitchell in game four. But did. the first three games, Rudy Gobert was unplayable. He was unplayable in crunch time. The last five minutes of the fourth quarter, they would never pass to him. The Jazz don't pass to him because he's not. he can not dribble. Um. He's not a great catcher of the ball, um, unless obviously like yesterday the Duncan's not played for him, and I just think it, it frustrates me so much because I think he's one of the most overrated players in the league. Ooh. He, Rudy Gobert, Ooh. and tough, tough game just for Rudy. I mean, dude, if you watched Game Two when Maxi, Maxi Kleber was like eight for eleven from three Jalen Brunson had like forty. He Rudy Gobert cannot. On the wing, like he cannot guard another big man if he can shoot. Maxi kleber would just space out, go to the corner, but Jalen Brunson would beat it, beat the guards that are guarding him. And to an extent, you can't blame Rudy because the guards have not been able to stop Jalen Brunson, which is kind of crazy to say. Like, he just gets by everybody, whether it's John Van Mitchell, whether yeah. it's Bogdanovich, he gets by everybody. Um, and then Rudy gobert is stuck in the pain because he can't space out and he can't help off the corner, so he has to stay in the. In the in the paint, and then he just kicks it out to Cle- Max Kleber, and Kleber's wide open in the corner. I think they're the most wide open shots in a playoff game, like from three point line ever.
0: Yeah, either that- you, or the Ce- either you, or the Celtics.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: The, uh, the Nets defense. I mean, here's the thing, and like you said, open shots. I mean, you can't leave any team open for three in this league, but the Mavs, especially, you like you cannot do that. If you look at their three point shooting across the board. Their top seven scores this pl- this playoffs. It's, I get it. It's only been four games, but if you look at their seven leading scores in the playoffs, at, with the exception of Dinwiddie, who's shooting abysmal from three this series, everybody's at thirty-seven percent or above. Thirty-seven percent is like, I believe thirty-seven or thirty-six percent league average, and to shoot above yeah, that they- for the playoffs, you have six players to shoot above thirty-seven percent. I mean, some of these guys like Brunson's at forty-one, Kleber's at forty-four. It feels like he's at a hundred. No, sorry, Kleber's at sixty. Sorry, Clippers at six. Jesus, Reggie Bullock's at forty-four. Luca in the short time he's played. I mean, he took he took that he took ten threes in that game. hit four. Bertans at thirty-eight and a half. Uh, those are like that's that's the best it gets for a series. To have yeah. that many players because they can they can play small, like you said with Kleber. It's and Rudy. It's Rudy. It's shoot. Rudy Gobert.
1: It's just that if you space and out, the Rockets if, do the same thing the, to them. Yeah, if the, the match space out and they put Maxi Kleber and the other big in the corner, Rudy goberts unplayable. You you. There's nothing he can do. Like, I don't care. He's a three-time defensive player of the year. He is not good defensively when he has to play on the wing. And I think that's one of the reasons I feel like his defensive impact in today's league is kind of overstated because he honestly is very one dimensional. He can change shots if you're like trying to do a floor or layup in the paint. He can guard the he can guard outside. It's just offensively. It's he's just not gonna lead to winning basketball in the playoffs. That's why I think the Jazz they have a core that'll get them to the playoffs. Like it's a very consistent playoff team and they're competitive, but I don't think they can ever become contenders with this team. I know last year they were the one seed and they still lost.
0: They're very so I think if I'm
1: the, if I'm the Jazz, I'm either trading Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell.
0: In so the, you're the, saying the so let's say, I mean. I mean, even with the Phoenix injury, with them, Booker injury, they still—I still think they have a chance to watch the conference finals. But let's just say no
1: chance, no chance. They're not beating on Suns team.
0: Okay, so who's winning the series? Mavs or Jazz? Are you still a Jazz I've, pick.
1: Yeah, after seeing where I saw the first four games, I think Mavs in seven.
0: Yeah, probably safe. They have yeah. they have Game Seven at home, correct? Christian, sure they do. Yeah, That's Mavs I, Mavs I the home. Jazz would close down Game Six, and oh my gosh, that poor Utah crowd! It's like they want to give energy so bad, but it's just like. Every time that cat wants to erupt, they either miss a shot or miss a three. Yeah. Has, like we said, okay, so the Mitchell-Gobert experiment, it's now been five years. This is the fifth year of Mitchell and Gobert. 2018, 2019, 2020, 2021, and this is, this is the fifth year. So, everybody always wants to blow up a team, and after every playoffs, there's questions about teams. This is a good sample size. You've had five years of this core, where it's basically been Mitchell at pretty much, maybe that first or second year, he was at borderline all-star, he's at an all-star level, and Gobert gets all-star love every year. He defensively play of the year three times it's been five years this we know what their core is conley and bogdanovich got there in 2019 in that off season, so they've been there for three years now joe engel been there the whole time i know he hasn't played this series and clarkson has been there for at least two years they've had this core for a while now is the point i'm trying to make like this has been their team for a long time and let's go through their let's go through their playoff record 2018 they have that awesome series with okc in the first round mitchell's the best player on the court in some of those games they gather in six games. They beat Russell Paul George. They're like, this is great. They've done really well. Um, next series, they lose to Houston in the next round because it's a horrible matchup. They torch them. Go Bearkins on the court. Fast forward to 2019 playoffs, and the Jazz, once again, have a great regular season. Mitchell takes a step, losing the first round to Houston. Same thing. They lose in five. And it's a horrible matchup, like I said um again spotlight on go bears defense they space out houston one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league 2020 that's that bubble playoffs where they have that insane series with denver blow a 3-1 lead end up losing in seven and conley has a shot that just just rims in and out and they lose that series heartbreaking mitchell is unbelievable that series i mean Go go look back at some of the bubble series, and you think well, what happened here? I mean, Jamal Murray and Mitchell like, see that average like so. They averaged like forty game, forty points a game for that series. I think Mitchell literally averaged like thirty nine for the series. Last year, twenty twenty one playoffs, first seed, first seed, one of the best offenses and defenses in the league across the board. All the stats favored them. Amazing season. First round, they beat Memphis, took care of business. Uh, they lost It was in six, I believe, but they took care of business. Memphis put up a fight, and then you get to round two. They have a back-and-forth series with the Clippers. Kawhi falls down, and then they lose game six. Clippers go on like a 45-10 and run. What they do, they go five out, space it out, get open threes, hit their shots. And again, Utah falls out. Second time they made second round. So two times second round, two times first round. And now, we go to this year, 2022, and this is the fifth year of this experiment. And I don't think anyone's saying this team will get the second round. I mean, it's not over yet. We'll see what's what, but if this team loses in the first round, and listen, they pulled it together last night. They were able to win that despite how bad they've looked in some of these stretches. This is this has definitely been Mitchell's worst playoff series, and like uh, the what, what Mitchell's been doing, I think he's he's basically taken pretty much double as like at least double the amount of shots anyone else on the team has this whole series. Bogdanovich is the only one. Bogdanovich is at 57 shots. He's the second highest in shots. Mitchell's the highest at 101. Like, I love Mitchell. I love watching the guy. I think he's a great guy. I mean, I I love him in interviews. He seems like such a nice guy. You see the videos of him where he's meeting fans, and he takes the beats off his head and puts on the fan's head and walks away. Like, that's awesome. He's a great guy. He's probably – he means a lot for the city. The city loves him there. But, I mean, you just can't – you can't be this – he's he's been very predictable, and granted, he's had some shots, he had some moments, but he goes on these stretches where he can go ice cold he just keeps he just keeps jacking him up, has a little Kobe in him where he's shooting no matter what, and he's not as good as Kobe. so when he does it, it's kind of like dude, like it, it's a little tough to watch it's been it's been interesting because he still has four years left on his contract, so I mean him asking for a trade out, it's like i mean. You should be there for a lot of the series. And he's still averaging 30 for the series, but his shooting percentages far below regular season, which is that's normal, but it's lower than what he's had what he's had previous years. He's shooting basically 40 from the field, 23 from three, and a little above, a little below 90 from free throw. And there's stretches where I think Jordan Clarkson is their best option on offense. The defensive level that these teams have gone to especially the Mavericks, has really surprised me. So I get that. They're throwing a lot of good defenders at Mitchell that I didn't think they had the capability of. And again, without Luka, I think their defense was better. But there's just a lot of a lot of things with this Jazz team in the last five years is very questionable. And all our questions revolve around the playoffs.
1: The, obviously, you can't say anything about regular season success. They've been a great regular season team. I just think when you have two max contracts I think Rudy's on like 210 million which is insane for his output overall on both sides of the court. Yes, I think that's one of that's one of the worst big contracts that's been giving out given out since the supermax became a thing I think 6 years ago. Um it's it's it, I think for two max contracts the result just is disappointing. I think there's no two ways about it. Yeah. I think your Jazz front office has a bunch of questions you have to answer this off season. whether they stick to the core, whether they get rid of Rudy Gobert, whether they get rid of Donovan Mitchell. It, it's tough. It's going to be tough. And I think it, help, it it's going to depend how it shakes out. I think if they lose to the Mavs, I think something big is going to change. But I think if they can beat the Mavs, compete against the Suns, and maybe take it to seven i think then they potentially stick to it and add a couple of pieces that maybe add another big man that can kind of play instead of Rudy in the crunch minutes um
0: so what I, side I think, not cutting it. yeah yeah
1: yeah that's, that's not enough
0: and i think i again i really like Utah i actually i mean i still really like utah's team just on paper mitch i love i mean Mitchell he has struggled this series but i still think Mitchell's a great player and I mean, like, for example, in game one, he had 32, and it's one of the weakest 32-point game, po- 32 point games I've ever seen. Like, it's – you got to know. When you take 30 shots and everybody else taking about 12 or 13 at most, like, dude, you got to know. And Conley had zero points in one of those games. He struggled. Okay. I, I really like – I've actually – I really like how Conley's looked in some of these games. He's just – I just feel like he's had some rough moments shooting the ball, but I still feel like he's playing well. And I mentioned again – I mentioned before the float ability where – you can still play well and make an impact where you know where you where you don't have the ball for long stretches of the game. And the second you get it, you can get it and go. And I think, the, I think Utah has a lot of people with the float ability where Royce O'Neal cannot touch the ball for five minutes and still hit a big three like he did in game four. I mean, sorry, in game one, he hit that huge three in the fourth quarter to not ice it, but to give them... Give him the lead, and he hadn't made a shot all game, and that was his first one. He steps up and hits it. And I, he says something after the crowd. I just, I, I, don't know where it is my attachment to Royce O'Neal. I just love watching that guy play. And Bogdanovich has been great. He, he can miss the ball on stretches and still not be thrown off his game. In game one, and game two, he was awesome. Um, I think, Cla- I think Conley definitely has it. Where Conley and Mitchell kind of take turns shooting the offense, and then Clarkson, the second he gets it and goes, when he comes out of, when he comes off the bench, it's like he's just straight into it. So, I still like how this team plays. Gobert, definitely some questions about him. I still think his defense, there's been stretches where it's been great. Um, he's had, I mean, he, but on offense, excluding his defense, he, and he's missed a lot of bunnies at the rim. There's, I can think of multiple shots that he's just missed where it's like, you have a bunny or an open dunk, and he kind of just does some weak layup, and it bounces off the back of the rim. He does, he forces a lot of loose ball cal- calls. Maxi Kleber, I feel like always gets. I feel like I've seen him get a lot of loose ball calls, um, fighting for fighting against Gobert, trying to get a rebound. So, and those things won't come up in the stats. I feel like you're kind of overseeing. I feel like you're kind of ragging on Gobert a little too much. It's just, but it's fair to say that. But but when, when teams go small and space it out, it's it's not. But hear this.
1: It's but but hear this. He's on two hundred and ten million dollars. Yep. He averages. 14 and 10 or whatever he does in the, 14 record season and
0: 14,
1: 14 and 15, about For, 14 and 14. But if you told me that I cannot play him, or if I play him, I'm giving up wide open corner threes to a great shooter, in a playoff series, would you take the contract? And I think most 80% of GMs say no. Yeah. And if, if that's the case, then I think that value is overstated because that's not worth 210 million.
0: Yeah, I mean, just 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 for this series, four games in, he's averaging eleven and fourteen, only a block and a half a game, sixty from the field. I think he led the league in. I think he led the league in field goal percentage among people who were like played a certain amount of minutes or whatever. But um, yeah, again, it's in the tough matchup, and the fact that Utah has tied up this series is crazy because they have looked. I think they've looked. I think they haven't looked like Utah in pretty much every game they've played. The only. The only game where I really liked how Utah played, how they fought, was Game One.
1: And and and, and where Game would they Four, be without... but
0: they almost—I mean—they were dying to blow Game Four, and then
1: yeah. the Mavs kind of outdid them. And they're so lucky. Bog Bogdanovich has been massive for them. Crunch time, like he's been taking over yeah. games. Um, he's been really, really good for them. That was a great
0: pickup. Yeah, no Joe Ingles but no excuse. They missed Luca most of it, and I just—I had no idea that Dallas' supporting cast was going to do this. They've really shocked me. And I got to say, they've, they've really impressed me. If uh, Among the many things that have impressed me, this playoffs, normally every playoffs, there's a team that emerges that you don't think is going to happen. And I picked Utah. I think Dallas was favored until the Luka injury. But I still felt like even with Luka healthy, that the Jazz will have figured them out. And I've, I just love I, I that team, how they played all season. On paper, it always works, but... Five years in, and again, if they have another playoff disappointment, if the sample size is this much with the score, I it, it's probably safe to say Gobert and Mitchell gets moved. If Gobert gets moved, it's only to appease Mitchell. If Mitchell gets if gets move moved, they Gobert. might get both, they might both get removed.
1: Yeah, but I think if you keep Mitchell, you have to give up you probably have to give up Bogdanovich if a team wants to eat that Rudy Gobert contract for his impact you have to give up a bunch of pieces. And then that kind of defeats the point of keeping Mitchell because Mitchell needs a yeah. good big man. He needs a bunch of shooting wings. He needs defensive wings. I, I think trading Gobert is pretty tough in this market.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how the Utah – Utah will have the most questions of many of the top five teams in each conference, like just yeah, seeding wise yeah. the They're going to have 100%. so many questions to answer this offseason.
1: Yeah, they, no Joe yeah. Ingles,
0: like I said, but again, no excuse. They they they
1: traded Joe Ingles to the Portland Trail Blazers.
0: That's what I mean. Like after he got injured, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, they gave him up, and so, he's they would, even, they don't he's, trade him
0: if he's if he's healthy. he's a free
1: agent. I mean, he can come back, I guess they can sign him.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But yeah. I, you're right. Dallas is probably my Utah pick does not look good. Dallas is probably favorite to win the series. Luca only played, I think, 33 minutes, 34 minutes. He had 30,
1: 30 minutes, 34 points. Yeah, he, he, maybe, he, had, he had
0: 30 points. Yeah. He had 30 points in the game. He shot really well, and yeah. I feel like he could have played way better. Is the scary thing. So once Luca gets yeah. going, there's there's no one on, there's no one that can stop him. And with the way Mitchell's playing, Mitchell can't match points with him. Utah Utah just get not getting enough offense out of their guys. With it has been, and Dallas' defense is yeah. really tightened up.
1: Dallas's crowd.
0: Decision. Dallas's crowd will bring it in that game five, and I don't want to say whoever wins game five wins the series, but because I think whoever wins game seven or the closeout game wins the series. That's how it works. But I hate when people say that when it's like, whoever wins game five, wins the series. When it's tied up, like no, I think whoever wins whoever wins the fourth game, whoever gets that fourth win, wins the series. But it, it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out. That game five to me can go either way. Dallas probably favored, but. I'll I'll still th- I'll still stick with Utah on six. Phoenix, yeah, uh, Phoenix watching the series very closely. Yeah,
1: Phoenix is.
0: Uh, but I like that. I, I, I like that in both these series. And pretty much every series in the West except for Golden State, we will get to Golden State. Where I don't know who's coming out of it. I think I know who's going to win each series, but I'm not sure. Like, it's still debatable. I still don't know. In the East, I feel like... I don't know. I feel like I'm pretty confident every team that's coming out of the series
1: yeah i think the first round is more obvious in the east than it is the west yeah
0: yeah agreed
1: all right so let's move on to warriors nuggets
0: oh yes the word so
1: jordan freaking pool man
0: there's some there's so many things about the warriors and yeah i think that what the warriors have been able to accomplish in the last six years i know it's only the first round they haven't really done much yet in the playoffs but They've been playing amazing. They're one of two teams to be up to not lose a playoff game yet them and the Boston Celtics. And that's your finals pick. Looking good right now. Applaud, I applaud you. Uh, I, I, was, I was almost there with the Warriors. I sold. Um, my pick doesn't look good. The Warriors have been absolutely unstoppable. Steph Curry's coming off the bench and he's still averaging like 25 a game. And Jordan Poole is the next. I mean, Jordan Poole, Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan Poole has been just... <laughs> here's the thing. And we both said John Morant should probably win Rookie of the Year because we thought the leap John Morant made was... You most improved? But, you mean most improved? Yeah, sorry, most improved. What did I say? MVP?
1: You, you said Rookie of the Year.
0: Oh, Rookie of the Year. That was dumb. <laughs> it's, it seems like Jordan Poole's a rookie because no one knew who he was.
1: Yeah, and yeah. Last two years, he's been like nowhere, yeah.
0: He is... I don't want to overstate things, but I think something special is happening with Jordan Poole right now
1: he is unbelievable i don't know how the warriors did it but they got a a light steph curry he's Curry light he i don't think he has quite the range that steph curry has but he's unbelievable like his passing is good he has defensive effort he's shooting lights out i mean that's just i don't i do not like playing the warriors right now like how do you guard them it's impossible to guard them
0: yep Jordan Poole 22 years old by the way. And what was interesting about the Warriors is that it seemed like for the longest that they were done. As soon as Steph like once Steph is done, they will be done because they didn't have and their team was still really old. Like their core their core of Steph Clay, Draymond was really old. They got Wiggins, but Wiggins is isn't exactly a difference maker. Can Jordan Poole be a difference maker and a meaningful player in the league? I would say yes. I think we're seeing I, I truly think that something special is happening right there, right now, with the confidence and the poise that he has shown in these playoffs this far. What he's been able to do, and I get it. Denver doesn't have the greatest defense, but every night, whenever he touches the ball, I feel like whenever he shoots, it, I feel like it's going in.
1: I mean, you, I, I, he's been playing so well. There's an argument you can make saying keep Steph Curry on the bench and let him just go ham on the second team, because. Jordan Poole is playing so well that he obviously not, but I'm saying he's been that good where you couldn't make the argument that you could keep Steph on the bench.
0: <laughs> Poole has been pool for this series, three games in, twenty-nine a game, twenty-nine points, basically five assists, four point seven, sixty-six from the field, fifty-nine from three, eighty-one from free throw, and the advanced stats. This this, this is this is crazy. This doesn't even make sense. He's shooting his true shooting percentage is eighty three point nine, basically eighty four. That's his true shooting percentage. That's like I, I don't even. I, it can't be stated how insane that is. Just for just for example, he's at eighty three, eighty three point nine. Western in Western Conference Finals of twenty nineteen, where it was Trail versus Warriors. It was one of the most unbelievable series Steph has Steph has had statistically. He averaged, I believe. Steph for that series was 36.5 points a game, eight rebounds, seven assists. 47 from the field, 43 from three. Now 90, you like 94 from free. Like insane. That's like peak Steph Curry offense. And his true shooting, his shooting percentage for that series was 66. So what Poole has done is like, this doesn't happen. 22-year-olds do not do this. And the track record of guys that have done this at that young age is just, it it's it doesn't make sense. And it kind of, leads into another argument where this league is just so talented. There's so many guys that do well. I I, I compiled this list really quick. I'll give you this list of just great performances thus far in the playoffs. And it's mostly young players or guys that aren't. I mostly included guys that weren't all-stars or there's one exception of Steph Curry. But most of these guys are not exactly the best players in the league, like the top 20. I don't think any of these players are in the top 20 that I'm about to say, except for Steph Curry. And this was just, like, three games in the playoffs. Jalen Brunson in, I think, game one or game two. I can't remember which one. Probably game two. 41 points, eight rebounds, five assists, no turnovers. Shot 60% 60 from three and the field. Steph Curry, 34 points and four assists off the bench. Shot 12 for 17 from the field. That was in game two. Bogdanovich had two efficient 25-plus games in game one and game two. Maxi Kleber, eight for 11 from the floor. All threes, 25 points. Ant Edwards, game one. We'll get to Anthony Edwards. 36 points, 6 assists, made all 8 of his free throws. Tyrese Maxey, game 1, 38 points, no turnovers, shot 66%. Jordan Poole, pretty much every game, just efficient 30-point bombs. And Duncan Robinson, 27 points, shot 9-for-10 for the field, 8 for 9 from 3 and he played like 23 minutes. With the exception of Steph Curry, who came off the bench and played like 25 minutes in that game. This is insane, and it just goes to lend that this league is so talented now. The plethora of young guys that... Are competing and playing at a high level in these playoffs is incredible. I've loved it, and I think it's really added to the parity we have in this league where most pretty much almost all these teams have difference makers and guys that can just go off for 30 in a night and you wouldn't even know. It's crazy,
1: yeah, it is. I mean, Jordan Bull adds dynamic when you have obviously the Death Star lineup as people are calling it now with Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, Paul Steph Curry and Klay Thompson and
0: Dray- Draymond uh, Green definitely looks more like himself this series
1: oh my god he's been doing an unbelievable job on Jokic I, know I, mean, Jokic... Draymond
0: Green,
1: I mean Draymond Green is doing such a good job and Jokic is still dropping 37 Yeah, like, Jokic, 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 is. Still,
0: Jokic is still getting his numbers but I feel like the Warriors are doing a great job containing him I feel like Jokic is getting very frustrated he looks very yeah. tired um, he got ejected in game two, seemed incredibly frustrated, and he doesn't have much help, and he doesn't really have much help, and they're not really giving him much. I mean, it really, and we, we said this before, their two through eight sucks before the playoffs, and yeah, it's definitely had a huge play in the series. I mean, look at Steph, their best player. He had a horrible first game. He shot it horribly, but it didn't matter because of their, because of the rest of their team, and it was a pool party. He was going insane, yeah. and
1: spa- the Splash Brothers have a pool pool party now. It
0: bothers me so much that they moved from Oracle. I just
1: yeah, oh my god, it's Oracle so with Jordan Poole really, like, would have been so unbelievable.
0: Also, you know, Oracle is just such a cool name for an arena. Like it's Oracle. I just I love that name. But I mean, whatever Chase Center is much worse. It screams. I mean, so like Oracle, but it just screams rich to me. I don't know what it is. Just I just feel like everybody there is wealthy. And a lot of the diehard fans, I feel like, can't afford tickets, which is that's just how it is in the league sometimes. But the level they've gone to and the consistency the consistency that the Golden State Warriors have shown ever since pretty much twenty thirteen, where they made the second round, and had that awesome series with the Spurs and kind of put everyone on notice, like, oh, the Warriors might be something. Twenty thirteen on, it's mostly been excellence, victory, backs against the walls, and Coming back, that team has faced so much adversity. These guys have been through it all, they're battle tested, yet they're still they still seem hungry. Their fans are some of the luckiest basketball fans in the world. And I'm so jealous. I really am. Cause it, it's truly magical what the Warriors are doing right now. Every game, it is. it's just it they is. go on the every game they go on these runs where they hit eight threes and eleven possessions. It's awesome and they're a tough out for anyone,
1: and they're so fun to watch. They're so fun. Oh to my
0: watch. gosh, it's incredible. And Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson's been a little more. He's kind of been back to where he was. I think for the series, for the series, he's twenty-two a game. He's shooting it pretty well. Like we said, Jermon Green's been invigorated. Wiggins isn't really doing much, but he's in a comfortable role. Wiggins doesn't have to do anything he's not qualified to do. And you have, you have, you you're afforded that luxury when you have Steph Cor- Steph Curry and Jordan Poole running your offense. I mean, I mean if Steph all, coming off the bench, he's getting 25 a game for the series.
1: I mean, an all-star starter is like the fifth best player on a team. I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah. That that, that team is so deep.
0: Yep. What they, have, what they have done is incredible. And by the way, just on Jordan Poole's shoe shooting percentage, which is at 83 right now, the league average is about 57, 56. So if you go above 60, it's pretty good. If you get above 65, like Steph Curry, you're in like a different level. But... 83 that doesn't happen like it's it, it's like a glitch it's like averaging 50 assists. it's it doesn't make sense and it's not just the it shooting doesn't make sense. he's had some,
1: his passing has been unbelievable like the, his passing opens up so many more shots like he obviously yeah. has those two really nice behind the back passes the clay thompson who was cutting um it's just been and clay thompson has been quietly great like you don't notice it he drops 27 like that game three that
0: yeah
1: i think thompson at 27 pool at 26 steph at mm-hmm. 27 How do you got that? Like three shooters averaging 20, like having 27 in a game, impossible to go. Everybody
0: on the Warriors is in a role. They're all in roles they're comfortable with. Nobody's doing anything they're not qualified to do. Like everyone's comfortable with their role. Wiggins is comfortable being like the fifth or even sixth best player sometimes out there. There's not a lot of pressure on him. Poole has shown more confidence than so many guys. The poise he's shown as a 22-year-old, it's unbelievable. Steph Curry is comfortable in almost any situation, especially right now, how it's been... Clay you don't you don't need 30 or 28 a game from Clay. He can do his thing. He can play off ball and Draymond anchor the defense. It's all coming together for them. It it really is and what they've been able to do this series has been amazing. They all pull for each other. It seems like when it, it seems like they don't care who scores as long as the shot goes in. It's they they're showing all the signs of something coming together. And this is what I said my prediction if it comes together for the Warriors, they are the best team. Like, the Warriors have the highest ceiling of any team. And I think we're seeing it. I, again, I know it's the Nuggets, and they're probably one of the worser teams in the playoffs. The fact that they even got there is to test to how great Jokic was all season. But if your next highest scorers are Monte Morris and Aaron Gordon, you're not, you're not competing with this Golden State offense. And they got close a few times. In Game 3, they almost had it, but the Warriors were just able to pull it out that's, that's
1: the, yeah. the series yeah this series is over i mean the, the nuggets don't have the talent to win four out of four they don't um and i think the warriors finish the series early get nice rest and then just kind of wait to see who's going to win the battle in the, the minnesota memphis series
0: yeah that this series this series probably is probably more likely than any series to be a sweep um yeah i think that the warriors i think the Warriors are a perfect spot Steph looks – he looks great from injury. First game a little bumpy, but he looks great. He's fine out there. And Steph is – I feel like maybe you could argue in some of these games, he's been – not passive, but he hasn't been like, Steph, I'm going to rip your heart out. Like, I'm I'm getting 50 tonight. He just hasn't needed to do that. And I promise you – But in game two, ability. he was unbelievable.
1: Yeah. In game two, yeah, he, game two he, had in those, he had those stretches in the second quarter where, like, it was like all, all – Shot 12 for 17. Got and Steph a lot of those were back.
0: threes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Warriors are back. I love it. And I was saying this to Vinny before the podcast. There's so many, everybody's trying to come up with different nicknames for this Warriors lineup of Poole, Clay, Steph, Dre, and um, Wiggins or Kevon Looney or whoever. Probably Looney, I guess. But Wiggins would add even more shooting. But the Steph, Poole, Clay thing. Everyone's trying to up with different names of it. And I just think that. Golden State, do how it's been. I think this is Golden State 3.0. I think that Golden State, first version of Golden State is 2013 to 2016, where 2013, they made the playoffs, to make the second round. They get an upset against the Denver Nuggets in the first round. They were unbelievable. They were not, they were a tough out for the Spurs. And it was a fun series to watch. 2014, they ended up losing the first round. And then 2015, made the finals, won Steph Curry MVP, all that, three All-Stars. And then 2016, and 9 probably where they peaked during that regular season. Just unbelievable. Blew a 3-1 comeback to the Cavs, but one of the most incredible teams that we've ever witnessed make a finals run. And then you have Golden State 2.0, where they looked unstoppable, and that's basically the Durant Warriors of 2017, 2018, and most of 2019. And then 2020, it was tough. Golden State, Steph Curry was injured. They were one of the worst teams in the league. Last year, they had Steph Curry, but Steph Curry, it was kind of like a Jokic thing where he wasn't getting much help and it wasn't really going well. The team wasn't playing that well. They ended up just losing in that play-in. It was a tough season. Steph Curry, almost won MVP. And then you have this series. You have this. Golden State's become a contender again. Clay is back. Draymond's here. Jordan Poole is the successor of the Warriors franchise, it seems like, to Steph Curry. And this is a Golden State 3.0. And they will be a contender for this year, probably next year, and maybe maybe many more years to come. I know Steph Curry. Steph Curry isn't exactly as young as you'd think. I believe he's, plus oh, Steph Curry, 34? Zachary is thirty four, thirty five. He's thirty four years old, but I still feel like he can get up for at least three more years to the level, including this year, to the level you need him to be at to make a finals run. And like I said, those fans are some of the luckiest basketball fans in the world. It's it's incredible.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm so jealous. This, this Warriors three that you just named them, they look just as scary as the 2016 Warriors. I mean they've shown it so far in the playoffs because if you replace Harrison points with Jordan Poole that is an infinitely better shooting team
0: yeah literally and it's it's scary it's scary and instead of Festus of you have Kavon Looney Go
1: yeah I think I think the only way. way is like Andrew Bogart was huge for those Warriors teams I think they can yeah. still miss that presence of a Regular old school big man, but I think Draymond Green's is obviously unbelievable, and he's—I think he's become smarter than he was in 2016. <laughs> like offensively, his IQ has gone up, and defensively, he's still the same beast. So I think there's a dynamic to this team that the 2016 Warriors did not
0: have. Mm-hmm. By the way, and... if you look at the NBA betting odds to win the finals, Golden State is now favored. Celtics are two. Boston is sorry, no. Celtics are second. Best odds Phoenix is third, Milwaukee and Miami are four and five, respectively. Then Philly six, I, Memphis seven, it drops off. Dallas, Utah.
1: I don't want to be that token Boston guy that keeps bringing up his team whenever he can, but I think we're seeing a parade.
0: <laughs> we'll say TBD on that one, but we can move on to the last series.
1: Yeah, let's move on. Um, I think this is also a very interesting series, Minnesota Memphis. Kind a of fun I series! Mean,
0: Two also, and we kind of discount this going into it. Two of, like, two of the highest scoring offenses in the league, young teams, where young teams are three of the best a,
1: young players in the league.
0: Normally a little drop off defensively in young teams. So, I mean, we should have known we were getting these shootout We were getting the type of shootouts we we're getting in this series.
1: Yeah, I mean, Cat was unbelievable last night. He was, he's, I think, I don't know if this is like the um, Patrick Beverly impact. But he's playing angry, like he is mad out there. Like he's screaming at the refs, he's screaming at himself, that bothers he's screaming me. at everybody.
0: That bothers me. I and love it.
1: Like if that brings out the best in his game, I'm all for it.
0: I guess it's just and I don't know. I said this. I, I thought of this after when I was watching that jazz, that jazz Dallas game. The very first game won. It was the first game of the playoffs in the schedule. Just in the first quarter, I think I saw seven player, seven different players raise their hands at a ref and say, what was the foul? They just complain, complain, complain. Towns is embarrassing with some of the stuff he does where he's just constantly complaining. He's he's just falling all over the place. but He's besides himself. when they call a foul on him? And every time he fouls, it's a foul. And I, I get it. He's played well. Now, he hasn't been perfect in some of this. He's had some stinkers for the series. No, I mean,
1: game, the game three was a uh... Collapse of all collapses. Horrible.
0: He, for the series he's twenty one yeah. and ten. He's shooting it but he's shooting his shooting percentage his shooting percentages are great. I think I think he's done a good job. I think that this has been good for what you'd expect of Carl Anthony Towns. Like we said, last night he was amazing. They all, they were it almost blew it, but he was he was really good last night. And some of have done. I'm not gonna say I predicted this, but I thought the series would be close. I didn't think though that We'd be heading back to a Game 5, and now, it, it, to me, it's a toss-up. These teams are just... I, I don't know what I'm getting game for game. And it's classic young team syndrome, where very, there's some high inconsistencies, but this Game 5 is going to be a bloodbath, and Memphis' crowd better bring it, because it's anyone's game to me. Anyone's serious. I mean,
1: if if you really look at every single game, Minnesota over... All the games has been a better team. I think they've had the lead for longer amounts of time. They've just been a better team. Obviously, the game she collapsed so totally it was unacceptable. They totally blew game three.
0: They totally blew. Yeah, game three.
1: I mean, if if they, I just think Minnesota doesn't need to change much. They need to keep playing the way they're playing and don't let D'Angelo and Patrick Beverly take bad shots. Like Patrick Beverly was taking fadeaway threes with a dude guarding him. Like why is why is Patrick <laughs> Beverly taking those shots? There's no other shots he should be taking that does not maximize the team's chances to win. By the way, Pat Bev really?
0: getting, boos, getting <laughs> yeah. booed, immediately in Memphis was hilarious. I was like, this is, uh, this is what this the level we're at. We're booing Patrick Beverly. <laughs> so Boston crowd must must have inspired the Memphis <laughs> fans. <laughs> He got he got booed instantly. He touched the ball in game one. That's
1: so funny. That is so funny. How is Patrick Beverly inside your head? Like, how does that happen?
0: Oh, he's he's up there. I mean, Patrick Beverly's in, like in everyone's. He's such a freaking instigator because you know how it is. And then he had that run. Um, what game was that? What what game was that in where he had that run where he scored like he scored some points really early? I think it was game two. Game two. It was game two. Where he scored he scored points for them quick early that dried up real fast though he was yeah. like over for 8
1: to end the game yeah it did
0: but just like when when he's like doing a celebration he's doing the head taps <laughs> yeah. like it's it's hilarious it's so much yeah. fun it's so much fun and you see the i love pat bev shirts on the yeah. minnesota fans it's like that's the that's their guy and patrick, patrick beverly is the classic guy you love him when he's on your team you hate him when you're going to get
1: him, him yeah that's more yeah right? I... oh my god i can't imagine playing smart's the Martin
0: biggest Sparks. example in the league i, I despise yeah. i just i can't with smart right now
1: <laughs> I would. Don't no, 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 let no
0: Celtics. I guess i stop bringing it up.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I think um, Anthony Edwards, I think he's been good overall in most of the games, but I think in the clutch moments, he's come up a little bit short. Like he's still kind of questionable in his decision making, which kind of makes sense. This is his second year in yeah. the league. Um, he's very strong, understandable man. for a young he's player. Young. Yeah. So, but I think if he can improve that over the next three games with some coaching, I, I think I, – I can see Minnesota winning this series. I would not be surprised if Minnesota wins the series.
0: Yeah, I, I personally have loved wrestling from Anthony Edwards. And Anthony Edwards is 20. Anthony Edwards is our age. And how he is looking – That's crazy. The poise. I said this with Poole where – I said this with Pool, and so the poise these young guys these, – these 23 and 22 and under guys are showing. The poise they have in some of these playoff games where these fans are screaming at you, and just the calmness they have. Like, yeah, like – I do this. Don't worry, I got this. It's crazy. Anthony Edwards for the series, twenty five a game. I actually also, also another thing that I discounted during the series, Anthony Edwards' defense, kind of a difference maker. He's done a great job on Ja. I think I thought I know he had that quote where he said he was the best defender in the league. I don't know about that, but he has this no, He has this confidence where I mean I just love that. He, I love it, and he's he's very slowly becoming like a true fan favorite among the league. Like no one who dislikes Anthony Edwards, he and did. yeah, he, he's, he's shown he's he he has shown some unparalleled abilities. ways he's willing to do, and he won Rookie of the Year. Lamelo Ball won. It was debated, but I think he's he's starting to leave his mark on why he thinks he's the best player. Not only not only in that draft class, but in the league. And like I said, when he came out in Game One, the calmness he showed for first playoff game you're away, you're an underdog, you're going up against a team that has dominated the regular season. They played at a historic rate. I thought Memphis came out... I thought Memphis came out slow in that game one. I thought I thought they looked really rusty at the start. They hadn't, I mean, they hadn't played in a week, pretty much, with their starters, and that was Jaw's first game back in a while. I, um, I'm um. i really mixed on Josh's performance in some of these games. For example, in game one, he took 18 shots at 32 points, had 20 free throws in that game, but... I, I thought that, I figured, I thought his game was more controlled than it was. And I feel like he is really out of control sometimes when he goes to the rim. Um, I'm very, I'm very mixed on how I feel about how Josh has been playing. I think I have to see how he plays in these next two games, at least, for the rest of the series. But there has been a little drop off. He's had 11 assists for the series and he's been getting to the line, love that, but He's he's only 73% from free throw, which has not been great. And only 21 a game. Desmond Bain leading score right now. So the Jaw thing is really weird to me. And when you have games like that where Anthony Edwards is outperforming Jaw, and not only outperforming on offense, but also doing a really good job on defense, those were things that I just didn't think was going to happen over the course of a series. And that's what's kind of led to Minnesota putting up such a fight in some of these games.
1: Yeah, I mean... Ja, it's kind of interesting he had like 11 points 15 assists last night i i think sometimes that's the issue he plays a little bit too passive i think he's been shooting not great he's shooting 30 percent from the field um i think
0: yeah he needs to be more assertive he needs
1: to assert he has to assert his like quote-unquote superstar status if you want to call him that i think he's clearly the best player and i know throughout the season like the reason Memphis is so good is because they play team basketball. But in the playoffs, you always need to have that one guy that yeah, you know they need you can ja. They need ja in the playoffs. big moments. And Ja has to step up and deliver that. I think and he hasn't been able to do that yet. And if he does, I think they can take the next step.
0: You know, in game three, he was out there yelling and stuff when they were going up. And I love to be showing, but it's like, dude, you have – I mean, he had, he had triple-double. He had 16-10-10. Also had seven turnovers in that game. Shot five for eighteen in the game, this, which they pulled yeah. out. And I, and with how good he was last playoffs, I just, I, I honestly, I thought he'd be better thus far. And I didn't think that. I mean, you look at Minnesota's stats on defense. I didn't think that that defense would, by any means, lock him up. But they've game planned really well for Ja. It they they have like, they've shown. It's not like game, it's not like. It's just like island work with Ja, where he's only getting one defender. He's getting a lot of attention. When he goes to the rim, everybody's on him. So he has to be able to get up and throw down dunks. But it's been... Also, by the way, really quickly, on dunks, did you see Dinwiddie bang out on Gobert? <laughs> yeah. Gobert <laughs> yeah. I yammed on. <laughs> that was <Bro>. bad. Sorry. <laughs> Dunk in the playoffs for me so far. Good for Dinwiddie. Dinwiddie, I miss you. That's another thing I miss you. I'm actually looking at his jersey right now. I miss you, bro. But, yeah, I think that this Timberwolves team is... They've, they've shown me things I didn't expect about the, like the Mavericks they really impressed me. Yeah,
1: I think... Um, uh, it. I think there was a really funny and stupid stat onto it that said, since the playoffs started, Ja has had more tweets oh, than people he you know? made. Yeah, that was funny.
0: Yeah, Ja has been... <laughs> I'm very mixed on how I feel about him. And... T-Wolves have a lot of guys to throw him. I thought Jaden McDaniels has had – I mean, he hasn't really shot the ball well, but I thought he's been pretty good off the bench. Malik Beasley had some moments for the T-Wolves. You know, they've had some good things. Triple J has been kind of up and down. He's been great He's been great on defense mostly, but on offense, kind of a mixed bag for some of some of the series. And I think that, like I said, the, the, the poison confidence Edwards has shown has just been unparalleled. Towns has really, has, Towns really done a great job. But, my thing with the Tim- my thing with the Timberwolves is that, I just not explain this, and I think that for the series, they're 3-1 and or 4-0 against the Grizzlies, I'm pretty sure they won their regular season series. Didn't know if that would matter, didn't think that would matter as much, but they have, I mean, if Memphis loses this after the regular season they've had, I don't want to start questioning, like, Ja already because he's so young and this is only a second playoff series, like. Hiccups are gonna happen, but man, that's tough. Especially when you get the Timberwolves, who was like, not the easiest team, but it was it was kind of like a match. I was like, okay, like they're okay, they'll survive this. And also, D'Angelo Russell. I mean, in Game One and Game Two, he was horrible. He finally woke up, and he's come to play in Game Three. I loved how he played. I know they, I know they blew that game, but. In, he, was, he was. More. not.
1: He wasn't great down the stretch, but yeah. he's been good overall. I, I really
0: yeah. love some of the decisions. I literally love some of the decision making he's been made. Been making, he not that he's Chris Paul up there, but he's shown a good ability to probe around. I mean, another X net. A lot of lot of X nets been featured in these playoffs, and D'Angelo Russell has a like, game winning game two. He was just horrible. Finally, he's he's woken up and he's been playing like it, but he he's also shown not a maybe not as much confidence as Anthony Edwards, but I know he hasn't shot the ball great across the series, but he's shown a playmaking ability and ability to get the ball where he needs to be and get the ball to his spot, most importantly, that I feel like we kind of forgot about ever since that Nets series where he was, that Nets season where he was an All-Star, best player on our team the whole season by far. He was awesome, and he would, had he there were games where he would just torch people in crunch time, and it was one of my favorite years, maybe my favorite year of watching the Nets as a fan, was that first year? I mean, was that last year before Kevin Durant, and Kyrie got there? Not that I have, not that I hate watching. Yeah, with Kevin the Durant Jared
1: Dudley bench celebrations every time you guys were three. That was a very fun team to watch.
0: Yeah, and I remember, I remember going to that game four against Philly where that huge fight broke out. And it was incredible. June Butler got ejected. So Jared Dudley. But when Jared Dudley hit that three and started yelling at Ben Simmons, I thought it was the best thing ever. And guess what? We were booing Ben Simmons out of the building. And now look where we've come full circle. Ben Simmons is now on my team, and I'm begging him to play. Kind of funny how that works out sometimes. But I'd love to see Anthony Edwards. Like I said, Patrick Beverly, I mean, uh, regardless of the stats, I love his energy out there. And classic, like I said, great great when you have him. Hate him when he's not. Malik Beasley, Jaden McDaniels—they're two very different players. I think they're, I think they're good players. Those are good players off the bench. I like that as a one-and-two guy off the bench. I'm not mad at that. And Jared Vanderbilt—I thought has been pretty good. He's out there for long, long stretches, but he knows his role. He only does things that he's good at. I like what we're getting. At. I look they've been getting out of him. And like I said, the Timberwolves are shooting it, kind of like the Mavericks. Maybe not as well, but they're shooting it really well. One of the one of the better offenses of the league. But, yeah, the Timberwolves have been incredible. I can't say enough about them. The Grizzlies have been a little disappointing thus far. I still think they could win this series, but there's no way we're picking them to get past Golden State, right?
1: Yeah, no chance. Uh, The the Warriors team, I think it's just a bad matchup for them.
0: Agreed. That's all I got on the Timberwolves-Grizzlies series. Anything else you want to say about that series?
1: No, I think um, Anthony Edwards has been super surprising for a second-year player. I can't see anybody else that young having such a big impact in a playoff series like he has been.
0: Good for him, man. Um, I'm really,
1: ex- I'm really excited to see what Cat does over the next couple of games. If he still plays angry like this, and what he can do, or What his output's going to be like, or whether he kind of is you know, sometimes the players are super angry and like actually makes him play worse. Mm-hmm. I-, I wonder if he can kind of reel it in, and um, I w- I'm excited to see what happens in the series. It's very exciting.
0: Yeah. And also, one more thing about Anthony Edwards, really quickly. His handle is just way tighter than I thought it was. Normally, young players are a little out of control, and like I said, I think Ja has been a little out of control. Anthony Edwards, like his handle is just so tight. I didn't think he was. I didn't think he was that good of a ball handler. It's whenever he has the ball, he's not getting ripped. He can get to his spot. He can get his shot off because he's such a big guy. But he can. The way he can move. I mean, he's been very impressive, and this series and the Jazz series. Jazz Maverick series. Not up a two two. Game five those game fives would be incredible.
1: Yeah. I think we have some great games in this. What store. playoffs it's been? Yeah, it's been great.
0: Well, thank you everybody for no, listening. No complaints. We will be back sometime next week. We appreciate everyone listening, following us. And yeah, that's all I got. Thank you. Bye.